Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Strange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during, and after their time on the programme. This episode of Sausage on a Fork is sponsored by Fireplace Factory, the UK's number one electric fire supplier. You can find them on Instagram at Fireplace Factory and Twitter at FireplaceFact22. They have very kindly made a donation to the Good Grief Trust in order to sponsor this episode. Welcome to the next episode of Sausage on a Fork. I am very, very delighted to say that I have been joined by Ruth Carraway, who played Helen Kelly. Ruth, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Hello, Neil. It's brilliant. And I love the name of the podcast, Sausage on a Fork. You couldn't get much better. Brilliant to be here. I've been looking forward to speaking to you. Excellent, excellent. That's all good. I've been really looking forward to speaking to you as well. So what we'll do, Ruth, is we'll start right back at the beginning. And if you can just tell us, how did you get into acting? Oh, right. Okay, so we're going right back. Right back. Right back. Okay, so we'll start from I've got flat feet and I've got an instep. And you're thinking, what the heck is she on about? So I've got that. (laughs) And then I also am an only child. And then on top of that, I was, and you're not going to believe this, Neil, but I used to be really shy. So (laughs) my mum's gone, what the bloody hell have I got here? I've got an only child who's shy, flat feet, we've interned, and I used to walk with like, you know, like with your feet. I'm trying to to show you. Um, You can't hear it, everyone, but I'm sort of doing where you walk with your toes turned in. So my mum thought, right, I'll send a dancing so I started dancing right, classes right. um and I did all the ballet the tap and the modern just local uh-huh. and then the bit that I enjoyed most was the sort of the when we did character dancing right and then um I did a wee uh, it was in my fourth year of junior I don't know what it's it's all changed since I've been to school it's all year this that and the other I think it must yeah. be equivalent to year six uh-huh. so fourth year junior before I went to um like senior school right. and we did a play that my um teacher mr davis i love mr davis um had written and it was a, like around nursery rhyme characters and oh, i right. played humpty dumpty <laughs> I, <laughs> I know I, I played humpty dumpty and um i really enjoyed it and we had the audience and i had the audience in stitches and my um my teacher, Mr. Davis, said, I think she should go drama classes, said to my mum, I think she should go drama classes. Oh, and before that, when I used to do my dancing shows at the Thameside Theatre in Greys, um, there was one night, and we I think I was only a dot then, and we had to, in our dance, we had to skip back, you know, like skip backwards. Uh-huh. And one the first night, one of the girls in the line with us, because we had to skip back in, in one line and keep the line, she fell over the back light. So like she sort of went ass over tit over this light that was at the back and the audience were roaring. So the next night I'd done it on purpose (laughs) because I thought I loved the reaction. So um, anyway, so from Mr. Davis, I went to the local drama classes, which was Doreen Field drama classes. And I was like, loved it, really enjoyed it. And then I got at one stage, I got, well, I'm never going to be, I wanted to be a professional actress. That's what I decided I wanted to be. Well, it's not actor now, isn't it? But I wanted to be a professional actor. I'm thinking, how am I going to do that in the, you know, in Greys, in Essex? No one's ever going to sort of discover me here. Well, I got really down. And so my mum had a chat with Doreen. Now her daughter is, um, 
was is Virginia Fiol. Uh, Ginny Fiol was in later when into EastEnders, but right. before like that was after I'd been in Grange Hill, but before that she was a, a jobbing actor. Um, yeah. And Doreen said, "Well, look, um, I know Sylvie. How about you? You go up to meet Sylvia Young um, up in London." So I went up to this. Uh, Sylvie started in East London. But by this point, she had uh, the the school was in Marlebone, Crossmore Road. So I went up there to meet Sylvie and me and my mum. And I did a little audition for her, did a Uh little piece. And I practiced a speech and learned (laughs) my speech. And um, so, yeah, I joined Sylvie's. But I didn't go full time because with Sylvie's, you had the option. There was a full time drama school. But then there was also part time. Well, I... I went to a normal comprehensive school. I was a one-parent family. Um, we, we couldn't have afforded for me to go up there full-time. So yeah. I used to go to my normal, um, you know, comprehensive school in the week. And then on the weekend, on the Saturday, I'd get on the X1 bus up right. at Black Shots in Greys and I'd get go <laughs> get on the bus to London. This X1 was the one that just took you, um, it didn't go all around the routes. It just took you the main route to right. London. I'd get off at the embankment. Look at me. I'm, it's all coming back to me. So I'll get off at the embankment on the bus. Then I'd go to embankment tube station. And then I think I'd go to Baker, oh, I'd go somewhere and then get the Bakerloo line up to Marlebone. So this right. is on a Saturday. I was about uh, 13, 14 uh-huh. at this point, going up to Saturday classes. Um, so, yeah, that's how, and, and I just loved it. So on at, at Sylvie's on a Saturday, I used to do drama for an hour and a half or an hour um, singing and dancing and right. the, you know they had the teachers there that used to teach at the full-time school who were just uh-huh. amazing you know yeah um, and I was still going to drama school uh, at Doreen's as well back in my hometown you know in the week uh-huh. after school so um pretty busy life and I think I yeah. don't think that busyness for me well you'll find out what I do now <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever stopped being busy you know right. or, yeah, yeah. Having, like numerous things on the go um, and I think that's because you get into that habit. Now, whenever I get a steady time, I'm going, oh, I get a little bit panicky. <laughs> like, I should be doing more. I should be doing more. Yeah. Anyway, that's quite a long way round. Uh, that's you know, all right. That's <laughs> <laughs> did, you, um, did you get much work before Green Jill? I, nothing. Right. Do you know what? I only ever had, I had one audition before Green Jill, like professional uh-huh. audition. I'd had other little ones in, yeah. you know, my local area for local things um, that I, I got um for various parts but um the first professional audition I had was for a radio play and it was up at Sylvia's up at the um school so I went up there there was a couple of other people that went to full-time drama school anyway um I thought I did okay in my audition I can't even remember it now Neil what happened but um I I didn't get it and I thought Jesus bloody h kind i've i've even i've got the best face for radio and if i can't even get radio i'm not going to get anything so i've got a bit downhearted going oh my god i'm going to be anyway then not long after that the um auditions for grange hill came up Uh and it was they were doing um it was about seven characters it was that year where there was uh ricky joins so it was aunt jones uh, danny kendall julia and laura uh Fleur, so Imelda, um, Sam's character, Georgina, and Helen's. Oh, and yeah. Ziggy. And Ziggy was, was eight, there, yeah. Yeah. eight characters were joining this um, 
the series. So they was auditioning for them. And it was like the world and his wife went for these auditions. Right. So everyone sort of went and um, for all the different drama schools, whether you use part-time, full-time, mm-hmm. everyone went for these um, auditions. And um, I originally was going for the part of Julia. Right. Um, they put me for the part of Julia and that's Sarah McGlasson. Well, I mean, Sarah McGlasson, I mean, she is stunning, beautiful, naturally. And um, um, there was no way I was going to, but anyway, they swapped me halfway through right. to go okay. for the little grunter. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was they, they, it was like the world and his wife went for these auditions to begin with, and then they got whittled down, whittled down, whittled down, um, and you got through to the next stage and and the next stage, and the more you got through to these next stages, the more you sort of went, oh, oh, this is you know. Whereas before, you sort of didn't think, well, oh, I'm going to go yeah. for this audition, matter if I don't get it. Next one, oh, it doesn't matter. And then as you get close, you're going, oh, I really want this. Oh, I'd really yeah. like this, um, and it's getting closer and more. Um, so I think there was about seven auditions, Neil. Right. Like, you know, um, as it got whittled down. Like callbacks like and stuff, yeah. Yeah, seven yeah. callbacks. The last one was at um, the BBC Centre White City. Right. And there was me, um, Sam. This is the first time I'd ever met these guys then. Right. Um, yeah. So there's me, Sam, who played Georgina, uh, Fleur and then I think Suzanne who who was from Italia Conti as well so Fleur and Sam were from Italia Conti and there was a few that were there and um, Ed Pugh we met sort of Ron Smedley who was the producer I love Ron Smedley and um, and Ed Pugh and the, the director and we did um, did the audition um, at White City and then um, I think I can remember just after it finished the audition and we were sort of ready to go home. I, I don't know if it was Ed Pure. Someone said to me, um, Ruth, you go to um, a normal comprehensive school, don't you? And I said, yeah. And they said, how do you think your school would feel about you taking time off for this? Right. I said, like, and my school was amazing. You know, like uh-huh. my, my normal comprehensive school, Grace Comprehensive. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Not only... <laughs> Uh, Russell Brand used to go to Grace Comprehensive, right. mate, so <laughs> but it was a normal comprehensive. So um, I said, look, they'd be they'd be more than happy. I'm sure they'd more more than happy uh, more than happy accommodate it. I didn't say it like that when I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said it in my 14 year old <laughs> in articulate way. Um, and um, so they said, oh, okay. So anyway, I told my mum, and my mum was like, oh, because this was on a Friday. It was a Friday afternoon. Right. And so by the time we got home, you know, back down to Grey's in Essex, um, I told my mum, she's like, oh, well. So anyway, on Monday morning, she pho- she phoned my, unbeknown to me, she uh-huh. phoned, she was at work. So I went to school on Monday and my mum was in Basildon. My mum worked in Basildon at probation. And she was, that was about 20 minute drive from Grey's. And from work, she phoned um, my aide, like Sylvie Young's office uh-huh. and just, and she said, look, they asked Ruth about, um, you know, being at normal school and if a normal school would, would it help, do you think, if, you know, I said I, I'd pay for her to, you know, find the money and her go to stage school full time. Yeah. Do you think that would help the calls? Because mum by that point knew I'd really, really wanted that. Yeah. And um, Sylvia Young's office, the girls at Sylvia Young said, um, you, you don't need to worry, Myra, she's already got the part. So wow. I'm, I know, look, I'm tearing up, <laughs> so I'm remembering this, but. Uh, my mum 
drove from the probation office yeah um, from her work she wasn't at, she wasn't on probation she just worked <laughs> at the probation office she drove from there 20 minutes down the road and it, by the time she got there it was sort of lunchtime and she saw my best friend Heidi who's still my best friend to this day we've been Good. friends since I was four and she was five so yeah. that's I'm 45 years now how amazing <laughs> so she saw Heidi on the way and she pulled over Heidi get in get in so Heidi got in the car to tell me in my lunch hour oh, and no it was way. just Oh my God, Neil D, it's just amazing. What a beautiful memory. My mum's no longer with us. My mum right. died at 18, which I'll tell that's just another story as we go on. Um, and sorry, you're saying no one bloody hell, another story. <laughs> Jesus, if you're not even finished. Just done yet. No, no, anyway, you're not. I read um, <laughs> So we went to, my mum told me at school and then told, like, obviously went and spoke to the teachers, like the headmaster and my drama teacher, Mr. Hill, who used to be Russell Brand's drama teacher as well. Right. So just saying, just putting it out there. Um, and, um, and they were just really supportive. My school was amazing, like yeah. so supportive throughout. And, um, and then, in, and I was just sort of kept it quiet. So I didn't, my mum said, look, but don't you want, you want you to become a show-off? You know, yeah. like this, look at me, look at me. I don't want, she said, really don't want you to become that. I think I did become it later on, but at the time, don't, don't, <laughs> um, don't want you to become like that. So I sort of kept it quiet. But then when we was in German, Mrs. Tumba, my German teacher, um, made me stand up and said, we've got some really good news to tell the class. Right. And all the class clapped me, if I can remember right. That might be just me Hollywooding it up. But in my head, that's how it happened. But I'm sure my friends were chuffed for me because they knew that was my, that was my passion. That was yeah. my game. So, yeah, and yeah. Had, you, had you been a fan of Green Jill? Right. Yes. Um, so I watched it because my mum was at work and I was at home uh -huh. in, in the school holidays. I think when Grand Chill first came on the screens, I was right. hearing about Grand Chill. And my mum phoned, went, I, there's this new programme starting on telly. You need to watch it. And that was the first, you know, yeah. the first opening scenes with Terry, uh, Sue Pat, with yeah. Benny Green. Um, and, yeah, I loved Grand Chill. Brilliant. You know? So, So what was it like then, joining? Because obviously... You joined sort of, you were sort of sandwiched in, you know, the, the year group that Helen was in was already yeah. established. So what was it, what was it like joining and for, like that? But what was it also like joining the rest of the cast as well that you'd been watching on telly? It was, it was really nerve wracking. Right. It was really nerve wracking because um, I was a bit of a naive, stupid. I wasn't very, I wasn't very mature. Right. I was a bit of a twat, really. Right, okay. I was a bit of a donk and an idiot and um, was rocking this. Do you remember my, my perm? Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. My, my bloody 70s perm or 80s perm, even though, yeah, right out of date. Um, so, yeah, I was really um, nervous, got picked up by, because um, the first um, day was a rehearsal. So we uh -huh. used to run in blocks of four, four right. episodes at a time. And it would be over six weeks. So the first two weeks was rehearsals. Right. And um, you'd rehearse four episodes over two weeks, but just in the afternoon. So you go to, the idea was you'd go to school in the morning and then you'd come and do the rehearsals in the afternoon right. out at Elstree. We, used, we got picked up at Mile End. I didn't have time to go to school in the morning because I had to get from Grays, Grays right. in Essex to <laughs> Mile End. And then we'd get picked up on the bus too. Uh -huh. da, da, da. So there was a few of us on got picked up at Mile End. So that was the first time I met some our chaperone was meeting us there. So our chaperone was June, oh, June yeah. Bells, Alison's mum. So it was the first time I, I saw Alison. Right. 
and Alison, you know, you'd seen this um, girl on the screen. And uh-huh. then when I met her in real life, my God, she was stunning. You know, she was yeah. a real sort of superstar and, uh-huh. um, and just really, yeah, it was just, it was so weird. It was so weird seeing this character. But I'd, I'd also seen Simone Hines at, um, she played Callie. Yeah. I'd also seen her at Sylvie Young's a couple of times. It's just right. really weird seeing these people in the flesh. Yeah. It, it, it's just so strange. Going, oh, they're just normal size. Yeah. You know, you think that they're <laughs> yeah. like really going to be, I don't know why you think you're going to be really tall and, and big. And then you go, oh, they're only little. And you're just like, hey, they're just little yeah. people. Because you've just said there about, you know, you auditioned and there was there was about seven or eight, you were taking seven or eight on new members. But you and Flair were in an episode before the rest weren't yeah because they did yes. the, the Christmas special. The Christmas special, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, we were, weren't we? That was when I first met as well. Um, Mark, um, who played Gripper. Oh, Mark was, Savage, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's a nice boy. Yeah. He? <laughs> boy, he's a man. Um, so, um, yes, yes, we had, but I think it was all. I think we rehearsed it. It was all it was all done at the same time as the. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, and it, it went out. Really I, I think it went out the week before the, your first series started, so yeah. I imagine it would have been filmed around about the same time. Like, yeah, it would have been. But that was I can remember the first time at Mile End and getting on the coach, and I was just green. I was just really quiet. I'm sure they look like, like, oh my god, what have we, you know, we've created yeah. <laughs> a monster. But I am normally when you because I'm naturally and people still go no naturally Neil I'm a shy person that's my natural default and even I know you go oh really but even now sometimes I can sort of walk into a room and go oh and get a bit nervous and then go yeah, like, no, I, put yeah, the girl nat yeah. pants on and then go ah, you know but my natural default is shyness and I think I've overcome that by being really loud and obnoxious and um, well you, you said it not me uh, yeah I know I so, think other people say it too Neil so, so, so then in the first series you were in, I think it's fair to say Helen wasn't very nice. Was she? She's a bitch. <laughs> she was a two-faced bitch. But how amazing! Because that's what a lot of you know that age group are like. People, yeah. you know, you're trying to find your your you're trying you're trying to find your independence as a yeah. young person. You're trying to find your own autonomy, but you want to fit in as yeah. well. And she she did. I think she she was trying to be you know, part of the gang with Imelda. Yeah. But I don't, I think deep down she, I mean, we know deep down she was a pretty decent chick. Yeah. Um, she, you know, because of what happened later on. Yeah. But at the time she wanted to be with Imelda and she loved Georgina, but she she didn't want to be the one that Imelda picked on. So yeah, she that... would just keep dropping Georgina in the shit. Yeah. And yeah, Georgina. Oh, she, oh, she was a bitch. Yeah, um, was, I, I, uh... I loved her. I loved her. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I've been uh, watching it, uh, watched a couple lately, and obviously she was sort of Imelda's number two, wasn't she? She she was the sidekick, but it yeah. became apparent as it went on that she was terrified of Imelda. And I think the character, I want to say she wasn't very nice. She was that horrible kid at school, like you've just said there. She, she'd be really nice to Georgina, but as soon as Imelda turned up, she was yeah. horrible to Georgina, wasn't she? Yeah, like, and, yeah. and that, char- that character exists in every school. 
It exists in every workplace, Neil. (laughs) It exists everywhere we go, that sort of character, isn't it? That toothpaste. It's sort of that acquiescing, isn't it? It's like you um you 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 don't you're not necessarily the bully, but you don't support the person that's being bullied because you don't want to be the one it being turned on next time. Uh So you sort of acquiesce and go along with it. Uh Um and which is it's awful. And it's I mean it's still obviously it still happens today. Um, um, yeah so I thought that that was such a good character because I think people could you know identify and it's good that she did turn it around she she shows that she did have a good a (laughs) good soul deep down because she turned out pretty all right didn't she she was there with the set of hawks because there was also Sharon as well wasn't it Sharon wasn't there much no it was really weird because we had this gang that was the terror hawks that was um, Fleur, so Imelda, Georgina, Helen, and Sharon. Um, that was her character name, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. But th- this is the thing, she wasn't in it that much. No. And it was really weird because we'd, we'd never got to form um, a real good friendship with the, the young lady that played Sharon because she was only sort of dropping in now and again. But she still had um, cast photos as well, wasn't she? She was still yeah, on sort of like, like photo shoots and stuff. Yeah, and we've got her, and there there is a photo of the Terror Hawks with all four of us, Uh but we never really had much much to do with. She just used to come in for bits and pieces, so we never really got to form a a real gang with her. You Uh know, we we were the gang. I think, you know, me, me, Fleur, and Georgina were quite a gang. Um, She was a lovely girl, but we just never got a chance to, you know, spend a lot of time together Uh with her. You know, Imelda straight away was feuding with Ziggy, and then there was that there's that scene which it's quite harrowing, really, the bit with the fiberglass when she attacks him, or when the three of you attack him. To be honest, we're awful, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's horrendous. Yeah, and it was it wasn't just him; it was any poor little boy. You know, yeah. we, we we sort of attacked. Well, we were pretty able, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you obviously working with the girls closely were they sort of like your, your best friends on set was that who you were sort of closest to or was there anyone else oh it was so it took it took a little while I mean yeah we we it didn't take long right. um, because you're thrust to, you're thrown together um but yeah I think me Fleur and Sam um Tina um so I think all of that sort of year group we were pretty close right and because we used to spend a lot of time with scenes together or uh-huh. in the green room together waiting for our scene and then the um old like um uh sarah and um fiona and that lot they they, they were close i mean we all got on well yeah we all got on together and we all played because we had um like we used to play pool in the green room and table uh-huh. tennis and do other stuff and then we'd some of us would have education together um we all got on, but obviously you'd have your oh, because you were spending more time with that that yeah. group. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, we, it was um, it's an amazing time. I would never have met these people had yeah. I not done Grange Hill, you yeah. know. And you know, I'm still friends with these people today, and I would never have met them. Like I'm getting teary yeah. up now. <laughs> and, and yeah, so was there anyone there that you really enjoyed working with? Like if you had um, like you knew you had scenes coming up with them or anything like that. I think um, 
Well, I enjoyed, well, I mean, I enjoyed our Terrorhawk stuff. I mean, uh-huh. that was super fun. So I always used to enjoy that. I used to, um, when in that second year, when um, the, the donkey, oh, um, yeah. and I loved working with the donkey. Much, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was, it was so cool. I got to work, that's when I got to work with George, yeah. um, as in um, Ziggy George, yeah. um, and Mr. Griffith, so the other George, George Cooper. Yeah, I got to work with him a lot, and that was just, it was just beautiful because you yeah. sort of formed different relationships and you 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 grew more as a person uh-huh. um, working with these rather than sticking with your own. You know, yeah. you, you, it's one of those things, isn't it? When you, you've got to step out of your side of your comfort zone yeah. to grow. And that's what I, you know, I was doing when I was working with actors. And, and George is like Ziggy, the one Georgie um, Wilson. He's like, he's such an organic actor. You know, he's so... Yeah. In the moment, and he's a he nightmare sometimes when you've got to wait for a cue. And, but I wished I'd I wished I could have been more like that. Uh-huh. I was quite static, yeah, quite wooden as an actor waiting for my cue to say my line. Um, yeah. Whereas George was sort of organic, and you know it, and, and and you know I really admire that. And you know you sort of learn from that, and you grow, and uh-huh. you sort of become more confident in your own skin. And that's what I did as yeah. I went through the show more. Um, I became a little bit more like finding my own feet and, you know, putting my own little slant on a line, you uh-huh. know? So, um, yeah. And, and Mrs. McCluskey, I love working with her. Oh, yeah. she was just, oh, she's just beautiful. Yeah. Gwyneth, I love Gwyneth. I really enjoyed the scenes with her. Because, yeah. she, you know, those, uh, those adult actors, Neil, how the hell they... <laughs> They put up with us. I don't know. We was little assholes at times, you know, not to them, not being rude to them, but we were just kids being yeah. little twats. And they were, they're professional actors, you know, that's what they did. And they were so, um, you know, patient with yeah. us. Um, and especially me, I'm a real giggler. I'm a, honestly, right. I'm a giggler. And I will, norm- I, I, once I start, that's it. It takes a while. And, you know, when you've got adult actors waiting for the kids to sort of stop mm-hmm. their giggling to get, it must be, it must have been so frustrating. So thank you for your patience. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I, I was going to ask you how you found it in general, the relationship between the kids and, and the adults, but obviously you've just answered that one. There, oh, like... do you know what? They were, they were beautiful. They were so accommodating and uh-huh. patient. Honestly, I don't think I would have been the same. I think, if I'd have been an adult actor on that show, I would have locked myself away in the dressing room and probably <laughs> cried after every scene. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my hat is off to them. They were, they were lovely and I learned, yeah, heaps from them. And, um, yeah, they were real yeah. good people. You've just mentioned Harriet the donkey. Sorrel. Her real name was Sorrel. Sorrel, yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved her. That was in your second series, series 10. Yeah. And Helen was far more likeable. In, in, the, in that series, yes. Yeah. Very, very different. She seemed to want less to do with Imelda in that series. And then, luckily, Imelda was expelled. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. I was sort of... It was great for Helen's character. Uh-huh. Um, sad for me because, like, you know, we'd, we'd got real close. So, yeah. um, you know, but Fleur, you know, needed to do her thing. She wanted to go back to school and spend more time and that oh, so right. um yeah uh yeah um but great ending uh, and, and good to 
you know, for the series to show that this yeah. poor behaviour, I mean, she had some serious bloody psychological issues, yeah. didn't she? You know, really, yeah. you know, she needed help. Um, she was proper, you know, you know, she was really going down a rotten path. So, um, yeah, I think that was good, that that is the consequences. You can't uh-huh. keep, you know, the, the amount of butting heads she had with so many teachers. I remember yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Kassoon, she had um, some yeah. scenes with, didn't she? And, you know, you can't keep as a cat, you know, as a, in everyday life, you can't keep behaving like that no. and there not be consequences. So yeah. I think it was really good to show that. Yeah. That you, you can't do that. And, and good that Helen, you know, was, she's like, she, suddenly Helen's like in survival mode, isn't it? I don't want to get as hard with the same brush as her. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to become my real self now and be really nice to everyone, yeah. especially your donkey. <laughs> what was it like with the donkey? Oh, it's great. <laughs> it was, I loved it. I love, I'm a real animal lover. Right. Um, I've got, two dogs as, as I'm speaking to you now I've got two dogs and a cat and some chickens out and um, I, I, I love animals and I'd have more if my husband would let me like, <laughs> not bloody farmyard around here as it is um, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah no I loved animals and it was it was just really because the shed where we used to do the scene it was a shed right. it wasn't in the studio it was an actual shed right. out in the Elms tree um, grounds like on the uh-huh. grass in, uh, at the back and it was just really quite soothing in there. It, oh, I don't right. know what it was. I don't know whether it was the wood and the straw and everything, <laughs> you know, like it was really sort of natural and, yeah. you know, beautiful. Um, it was quite soothing in there, quite a nice place to sort of chill. And uh-huh. there was lots of scenes, you know, there was, the, I know that I had scenes with Imelda in there, with Georgina, with, um, you know, Mr. Griffiths a lot because he yeah. was, we were in this together. Yeah. He was in this sort of <laughs> after the donkey together. And that's, you know, that second series as well is where, you know, um, it came out that Helen was into, you know, Liverpool FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, she knew all this stuff and like, Seeky's like, bloody hell. So, yeah. That, yeah, they became good friends, which was real nice. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Cool. Just something I just wants to mention there, because obviously you were there, you know, in uh, 86. So you were there right in the middle of Just Say No as well? Just <laughs> say no, no. Just say no, just say no. What, what was it like recording and recording that and, and the video and stuff? Oh, Neil, you know, 14, well, I think at that point I was 15 year old being thrust into this thing and doing Just Say No. You know, you're living your best life. Yeah. It was just amazing. I mean, at the time, I didn't, you know, I perhaps didn't understand, you know, if I'd have, you know, going into supporting um, people with drug issues later on, uh-huh. that probably isn't the best message, but at the time <laughs> you don't realise that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so cool. You know, we was at, I think it was, it was it a top three, top, top, top I think it was top, top five, five in yeah. one. Top, and it was just amazing. Um, yeah. going. So you not only did the, you learn about the, um, you know, the TV side of it and the camera, but then you learned the um, music. You was going into a studio and doing that. And then, of course, we've done the amazingly successful Grange Hill album too, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> and I think we did a spin-off song from that. Girls like to do it, girls like to do it, girls like... And we came up to Liverpool to film that. All right, anyway, yeah. But, yeah, just so no, it was pretty amazing. I really had... A blast doing that. It was yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. You, you feature quite heavily in that video. Would, I know uh, because uh, I'm dancing. standing next to Lee McDonald and in, and I'm a dancing, yeah. aren't I? If you look closely, Neil, if you look closely, I get the steps wrong. 
right? Okay. If you look, because one my mates pointed it out to me, they went, "Oh, do you realise you do it wrong there?" And I sort of get my legs wrong. But yeah, there was, <laughs> that was great with the dancing, isn't it? Yeah. I love that because Emma was in that as well. So it's me, uh, Lisa, Emma, um, Zara, and um, Alison McLaughlin. Yeah, that was fun. It was yeah. super fun. So just after Imelda got expelled, there was the barge trip episodes. Now, yeah, you I weren't on that, that, were you? you no. You were, was there any reason for that? Because I was in the storyline. I was looking after Harriet the donkey. <laughs> right, it's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it seemed it would have it. You know, it would have. I would have loved to have gone on the barge trip. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but it would have been stupid. It would have looked, <laughs> you know, who's after the donkey? You know, I'm 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 in this Helen character where I'm sort yeah. of taking care of this donkey, and then I go on a barge trip for two yeah. weeks or however long they went. No. Right. So, but also, it was a, a good point. I think my um, O-levels were coming up. And so oh, right, I could okay. spend, because they was away filming that for about two weeks. Right. So it meant that I could spend two weeks. I just went to school for two weeks and right. tried to catch up on all my work. So uh-huh. it was not a wasted time. And, yeah, uh-huh. so it was a shame I never went, but, but that's okay. I went right. on the Isla White one, so that was Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And Helen was, I don't want to say a tomboy, because she was still quite girly and a, a feminist, I don't know. Because we see early signs of that when she with the cricket match, you know, she was kicking off the fact that there was no girls getting, but she was the one that led the calls for that, like, and, and that was the first sort of sign. Because we see a bit of that later on, but there was a that was the first sort of sign that we had. But it was, it was I think just after she equality, was, wasn't, wasn't she? Absolutely, but that's what feminism is, isn't it? It's yeah. about being, you know, um. You know, leading the calls for for women that we we you know we we deserve you know we deserve uh-huh. equal rights. Neil, if I you know I didn't see that at the time. It's only later on. That you go, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, it was. She was the leader of the calls, and actually, I've had um, a message from people not so long ago through the um, right. you know the pages. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I just go on Facebook and um, do the pages. Um, from someone who said, because of you and your character and getting, you know, later on when I went into yeah. engineering, because of you and what you did, it made me feel that I could go into wow. a, a job that's more dominated by men. It's like, yeah. man, that was what it was about. That's yeah. why Brain Hill was so bloody successful, because that was really forward thinking. But, yeah, uh-huh. she, I think she was a feminist. She was an activist. She was a feminist. And, you know, she was probably... Um, she probably was a bit of a tomboy, you know. Yeah. I think she, you know, she in this day and age, she probably, you know, would be, you know, she's quite she was quite androgynous, wasn't she? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. she um that was my look as well, obviously. Right. I, <laughs> my haircuts, you know, yeah. after the curly perm. What <laughs> a, after the curly perm. Do you know what, Neil? I used to get on the on the um on the train, the overground train at Grays in Essex, and um, <laughs> with wet hair, because I'd have had a shower in the morning um, to meet the guys at Mile End. So I'd get on the train in the morning with wet yeah. hair. I have got really fine hair, like two hairs and a knit if I'm lucky. So right. it used to be quite flat. By the time I got to barking, my hair with this curly bloody perm was out like this. You remember the hair bear bunch? It yeah, was like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> And I used to think people were looking at me because they thought I was really sexy and beautiful. And actually, they was probably looking at me going, what, is the, what the heck is going on with her hair? Anyway, so obviously my my hairstyles, they sort of, as Lee Sparks says, bloody hell, I've had about 21 hairstyles during the whole of Grange <laughs> Hill. Um, I was sort of rocking those short cropped 
cuts and she was quite androgynous and and Mm -hmm. if you didn't put makeup on I've got quite if you notice I've got quite a you're looking at me now people can't (laughs) see but I've got quite a a jawline so I've got quite a masculine face so um quite androgynous but anyway um where was I going with this yes so I think she was leading leading the calls for um women being um noticed and yeah. recognized and you know I think now she'd be in equal pay and I think you know Helen now I think she would be um CEO of a number Correct. of different companies yeah and she would be having women in those top roles yeah. and um you know if they were good enough she'd have men in there as well to balance it uh-huh. out but everyone would be paid equal whether uh-huh. they were male, male female what have you so yeah, yeah. I often ask this one I'll ask this one now because when it came to series 11 there was a lot more storylines for Helen. You, you you were in it a lot a lot more. Did you have any particular favourites storylines or episodes or anything? Um, so series eleven is that when we was in Isle of Wight? Is that was that no, my last that's, year? That's with the Dares series eleven. Oh, oh my God, the Dares! Yes, that that was a really good series because that was we had um so we had um Ronnie. She started doing exactly the, the when she was doing the raps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle Gal. Yeah, yeah it is. So, I mean, that was a yeah. really cool series. There was so much going on. There was me and um, Georgina doing the dares, and we started off quite little, didn't we? With yeah. sort of black <laughs> eyes, and she had a yellow face. Yeah. And then it was tattoos, and it was stealing, wasn't it? Yeah. And we got, and um, we sort of, it's awful. We encouraged Ronnie to sort of steal, didn't we? Or yeah. give her the idea to steal. Um, and and she was the one that got caught. It's always yeah. the way, isn't it? Always yeah. the way. <laughs> Um, yeah, she told me to do it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, so, so many. There were so many good. I can't. I don't think I can pick. But the, the dares were hilarious. Yeah, you know, doing them. You know, me and Sam. The amount of giggling we yeah, had going imagine, on. Yeah, but it was. But all of that, you know, when when um, um, uh, Tina and Michelle were doing their raps, and yeah. we went with don't just that was all really cool. You know, it was like partying yourselves. It was. Yeah. It was an awesome. <laughs> atmosphere um, yeah and yeah it was, I was um, I was watching some of the days the other day my favorite one is when you tell Mr Bronson that you hadn't done your own work because I was watching Clint Eastwood right he he is amazing in that scene and I know he's amazing anyway but what was it like working with him what was it like working with Michael Sheard oh brilliant yeah. a, a brilliant brilliant actor and again so patient with us yeah. so patient I think he um he would let you know if you were over, which was great that's yeah. what we needed sometime he'd let you yeah. know if he thought he was really overstepping the mark he'd have a he'd have a, a level uh-huh. um but that scene he was just so good you know that would normally I'd probably giggle that would be yeah. a thing where I'd giggle but because he was so it made yeah. me go <laughs> yeah I was genuinely scared, yeah. you know, because he was so angry. Yeah. About how how dare I say yeah. that I was watching Clint Eastwood? Because did, did you have did you have many scenes with him? No, no, no I, I, didn't. I only had a couple. Yeah, because yeah. I I just think he like I've said there. I just think he's brilliant in that scene because he's he's trying to he's trying to be really sarcastic. Um, but no one dares laugh at anything he says, obviously because it's Mr. Bronson. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I just, I just think he, he, he's brilliant in that scene. And then yeah. there was a, a couple more I wanted to talk to you about because there was the food colouring. 
uh, one where oh, you, yeah. you, you, yourself and uh, Helen and Georgina put it on their faces. But yeah. we st- still saw traces of that for a few episodes. What was it like having to get that done every time? <laughs> oh, that was... Well, yeah, because Sam had to, it had to, it had to get lighter and lighter and lighter. And I had these that started out really black, didn't I? And then they got lighter and lighter and lighter. Those makeup girls, you know, this is what it, you know, people forget that just because we're the actors out the front doing it, you forget there's a whole raft, a whole team of people behind making sure that when this goes out, it's got the continuity yeah. that you can see that, it, you know, so yeah. we might be filming a scene where I'm like that one minute, really black eyes. And, yeah. you know, it's got, it's really like the next time or you, it, and you know, uh-huh. those it's um, you got to get it right because yeah. people will pick up on that stuff, especially, yeah. you know, in Grange. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <that> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there was the one, the, the main one of the days then became the tattoo. Yep. And there was quite a big focus on that because obviously, you know, Helen had lied about her age, first of all, and then she ma- massively regretted it. And then yeah, it was trying to the... get it off with a Brillo pad. Yeah, ma- Ajax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but obviously, what, one of the big things that came out of that, I think at the time, you know, late 80s, was AIDS because that was sort of mentioned as well. And obviously, n- nowadays, you wouldn't even, th- that wouldn't even be considered if someone gets a tattoo. Yeah. It wouldn't even be considered. But I just thought at the time that, you know, everyone talks about Grange Hill and how groundbreaking, how real it was. That was a genuine concern for people, wasn't it? With, you know, getting tattoos done and stuff. Yeah, blood, bloodborne viruses. You yeah. Know, even if it wasn't AIDS, it could have been like HIV. It would have could have been hep C, you know, if uh-huh. you haven't gone to a reputable. I mean, even now, you know, that's that's important. You know, hep C has probably overtaken HIV and AIDS in the, yeah. the, the you know, how prevalent it is because, right. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, again, so groundbreaking. You know, they're really—it's like they've got a crystal ball, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. The, the, the you know the you know the script divisors uh-huh. of of where where the trends are going to go. Yeah. It's like they've got a crystal ball, and this is going to be big. You yeah. know, um, later. You know, and, and 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 they get these groundbreaking stories. It's it was amazing, and and yeah. you know just. I, I to this day, and I still get emotional. I'm just so proud to have been part of it. It's just been, uh-huh. it's just been such a big part of my life. Obviously, That's a sound. And then as we move on to series twelve, that was when, that was when we really got you know Helen becoming interested in engineering and having to basically you know fight sexism at work because obviously that you know at, at the time there wouldn't have been many girls in, interested in that, or certainly not maybe not interested in that career, but wouldn't have had the balls to go into that career, you know? Well, absolutely, because if you remember um, Helen's careers teacher, just, you know, sending her jobs as a secretary yeah. and things like that. So even the guidance, uh, you know, careers guidance weren't sort of encouraging girls to get uh-huh. into that field. So if you've got, you know, it, adults that you look up to uh-huh. not encouraging you, then you, you sort of stuck. Yeah. So, yeah, again, that was And I wasn't even meant to do that series, Neil. All right. Yeah, so this is the, when I, halfway through a series, so halfway through series 11, uh-huh. every year you get a letter to say, do, do, do you want to do the, the next series? Uh-huh. And you have to send the letter back 
Um, I was under 18. Oh, no, I think I was all right. I could sign it myself. And I'd had uh-huh. a discussion with mum and I wasn't going to do it. I was right. going to not do Series 12 and sort of explore other avenues. Uh-huh. Um, so I'd sent the letter back. I don't know what had happened, but the mis- there'd been a miscommunication. No one had said anything. So it got to the end of the year and the, we're coming up for the party and I'm sort of saying, oh, it's my last one. And everyone's then the sort of producers and the, what, what, your last one. I said, yeah, I'm not coming back next year. Oh, wow. we thought you were. And obviously the scripts had already, I did obviously at the time, I didn't know that there was this yeah. huge storyline that they were really pushing Helen to the fore right. and, and yeah. you know, especially this feminist, feminism stuff. And I'm like, oh, but I've said no. And I've, I've sort of in my head, I've got it that I'm looking at other options. So I don't know what happened, but in between we finished Christmas and we were starting again in April, yeah. I got, um, I was auditioning and I got a part um, not it wasn't a part it was a role as a tv presenter for some oh. um like ch- it was a children's television program again but as a presenter oh, right. and I was like thinking oh yeah yeah anyway talking to the agent they said well you know BBC da, da, da. anyway I ended up doing another yeah. year of Grange Hill and at the time it was quite begrudgingly because right. I'd wanted to do this yeah. other stuff however the what I was going to tell, my my mum passed away oh, um, right. in that during that second series. So um, she she got cancer. She had cancer when um, I was about nine months old, and it had come back, and she got really, oh, really right. sick from it this time. And she passed away, and I'm so glad, you know, that I yeah. was there in a place that I'd spent my life, you know, my last three or four formative years yeah. around these people that knew me, that loved me, that cared for me. The BBC was amazing. My friends in that series were amazing, uh-huh. um, supporting me through it. And I thinking, you know, thank goodness, thank yeah. goodness I didn't get that, didn't go and go, no, I'm not doing that and go off in that direction because I would have been really isolated and lonely yeah. and not being around the the people. So, you know, what I'm saying this, Neil, is like, you know, sometimes bad shit happens in your life and you go, uh-huh. or, or things that you don't want to happen, you go, oh, and all, I just think things happen for a reason. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know what that reason is. So at the yeah. time I was like, oh, now I know that reason because I was then with, you know, during that, that really severe grieving period that uh-huh. went on a lot longer than that, obviously, but that initial, I was around people that were nurturing and caring and loving me and supporting me through it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's why I'm saying that. Anyway, so yes, I wasn't meant to do that. God, I do go on, don't I? <laughs> I wasn't meant to do that um, that last series. Right. Um, but I'm so glad I did as well, not yeah. just for, you know, the reasons that I've just mentioned, but because of the groundbreaking uh, Helen within that engineering uh-huh. Field and you know that, like I mentioned, that comment I've had since, and that wasn't yeah. that long ago. That was only about a year yes. ago that females started. You know, she was she went into a male-dominated in a work environment uh-huh. because of because of what Helen had done. It's like boom, that's yeah. what it's all about. Definitely, know? definitely. No, also in that series, there was that was when Danny Kendall died. Oh, now I spoke to George about this and the filming of the memorial service. Were you aware of everyone laughing when it was getting filmed? Yes. <laughs> the thing was, I was dealing with my own grief. I, I yeah. Not long, you know, sort of had my mum's funeral. Uh-huh. And then we were doing that. So I had that. But then sometimes you, when you're dealing with such big emotions, sometimes you can 
giggle. Yeah. I can remember my mum telling me once that my auntie Ethel had died and they were so solemn. They took me, I didn't know auntie Ethel that well, but they took like my nan and my granddad and my mum sort of said, we've got something to tell you. And they said, auntie Ethel's died. And then I just burst out laughing. <laughs> and then my mum burst out laughing. And then my nan and granddad burst out laughing because sometimes these big emotions make yeah. you go, oh, yeah. yeah, we were, we were, which was great, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's not because of Danny Kendall, <laughs> who's a beautiful character. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think, yeah, it was. I, I, I have to say, it doesn't come across when you watch it that you were laughing. There's quite a few. It's right. painfully obvious that they're trying Bearing to. Bearing in mind, Neil, <laughs> I'd had to hide my giggles for the last four years. So I've got to get a lot more practice of making it look like I wasn't giggling. <laughs> oh, Terrible, no. isn't it? Yeah. And then. Also in that series, you know, Helen never really had, a, you know, a, a boyfriend as such. But I then... know. I wondered if they were, um, if if I'd have done another series, if if Helen would have come out uh-huh. as um, would have come out uh, yeah. as, as gay. Right. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me. Uh-huh. However, she did have a tete a tete with um, John Drummond. Trevor, yeah, with Trevor. Yeah. She? She, and went, she went, she went to, to the... prom with him, didn't she? Didn't she? She looked <laughs> like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Did you see? Um, yeah, so she had a sort of bit of a tete-a-tete. I think she was sort of, but I think she was more rescuing, um, playing that rescuer role. Yeah, she was looking after them Trevor there, Clinton. wasn't she? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I thought, oh, well, he's not going to get, you know, go on a date with anyone else. <laughs> but I think at the same, I'm I'm with um, George, like, um, who, who plays Ziggy. Like, I know, I listened to his one. Um, I would have thought if Helen... If George, you know, Ziggy's character would have gone with anyone, I thought yeah. it would have been Helen. Yeah. But then maybe, um, maybe be, that Helen was going to come out as gay yeah. later on. They might not have, it might not have. But yeah, um, yeah I thought those two was a real good match. Uh-huh. I can still see them together now, like Helen and Ziggy. You <laughs> know? So, so then that was your, um, that was your last series. And obviously, you, you know, you, you've just mentioned there, um, the fact that you weren't supposed to be there. So obviously you were you told them on this one that you were going. We made it clear. Because Helen clear. Helen mentions sort of halfway through the series that she's not staying on. Yeah. Which, which is unusual. I, I thought you know in, in Grange Hill because she says I'm not staying on next year. Or, or where's that effect? And and that, that's quite unusual. So obviously you left quite a few of you left around the same time. So me, George. I don't know who else. So I know Mr. definitely me and George. Michael, Michael Sheard left that one as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, did, yeah. It bother, did it bother you that you didn't get a send-off and the, no. and the others did? No. I didn't even realise I didn't get a send-off. No. no I mean, like, like, like a goodbye, because obviously they the say goodbye to Ziggy, don't they, because he's moving back to Liverpool. And, yeah. And they say goodbye to Mr Bronson because he's retiring. But I think because Helen was probably just going to be going and working at that engineering yeah. firm. And, <laughs> yeah. and they probably thought Helen was going to end up back at school anyway, you know. Yeah. Who knows with Helen? But um, yeah, no, it no, it didn't bother me. Oh, um, that, that's cool. So I, I, I would have had a, I had a, would have had a send off in our yeah. you know, party after. Yeah, yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. What was the public reaction like to Helen? Because obviously she was horrible at first. So did you yeah. get a sort of negative reaction or anything like that? Not, not, not that I can remember. I can remember being um, really conscious, right, um, and forgetting because this was sort of your new life you sort of get uh-huh. used to this new life and you sort of forget that you're on the television like 
uh-huh. you know, every week and then getting stared at by people and you're thinking, oh, what's wrong? Have I got a bit of toilet paper hanging from me, you know, <laughs> knickers or have I got a bogey hanging from me nose? And you think, oh, no, that's right. I'm, I'm on the telly. Right. OK, because <laughs> um, you, you forgot. And yeah. I remember one time I did get chased by some young'uns and they weren't being they weren't being horrible, but they were so, oh, my God. And I was like, oh, oh, and I was getting really. And I can remember hiding under, a, you know, like a, a clothes rail in sort of a, a department store going on while my, my, <laughs> while my friends were just pretending I wasn't there. Um, but, yeah, no, not, nothing. I mean, I think the girls have it a lot easier right. with regards to the fan stuff compared to what John Alford and um, George Wilson yeah. um, and, you know, Ricky and all of them guys would have experienced because girls are always a little bit more. Ah, um, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, that, that, that's cool. So then, you know, 69 episodes later, Helen, Helen leaves Green Jill and you went on to, to do, you know, a few things there. So, I was looking because you were in that it was an episode of that Streetwise with the uh, oh, oh yes and Andy Circus was in that Andy Circus and, and Sarah Sugarman were in that and oh yes I did I forgot about that yeah I, I honestly Neil I did my my life you know after losing my mum I uh-huh. I pushed the self destruct button for a number of years and I right. sort of was in this sort of weird world I was still sort of um, functioning. But there was a lot of it that sort of, yeah, were. Yeah. I, it wasn't really things. I know that I did a lot of um, bit parts, and, yeah. but nothing major. But then I wasn't putting the effort in for right, anything get, major, yeah. Neil, to be fair. You know, I wasn't honing my craft uh-huh. as an actor. Um, I was, yeah, I was just in this. Um, I was I was grieving, basically, right, yeah. for sort of a number of years. And I just didn't know how to cope with these uh-huh. big emotions. And I probably didn't cope with it. Um, uh, in a healthy way, yeah. put it that way. So you've mentioned that you know you you had, you had some uh, bit parts and stuff. The one I always remember is the McDonald's advert. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, again, didn't even know if I was going to do that. What had happened was um, the director for that had had this advert and it sent it up to the because for an, uh, a commercial it has to be passed by a board before it right. can go out. And apparently it had gone up to the board and they'd gone no. So he had to li- literally have the world and his wife going um, and just doing bits in front in, in an uh-huh. old studio in Soho, just doing bits in front of the camera to piece together. Um, so I went there and basically I, you had to take sort of some different clothes with you, some different outfits. And I remember there was a whole queue, you know, up the stairs going to the uh-huh. studio, but people were going in and within two seconds they was coming back out again. I thought, brilliant, so my call was something like, quarter to nine in the morning. I thought, oh, I see it. I'll be back in Grey's in Essex for some breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I got in there and he kept me back. And then he kept, there was about three of us that he kept back, that right. he kept all day and was doing silly voice. I was doing, <laughs> just doing all real stupid stuff. Yeah. And some, you know, and he was really great, the director. He he was an amazing fella. Um, but just amazing so we did this um, but I still didn't know if I was going to be in it right and then um then it came out and my my agent phoned me and went oh you're actually in it and then the 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 checks start coming in yeah you get paid really really well for commercials just for saying chicken McNuggets that is the line chicken McNuggets that's the bit I always I always remember yeah with me cropped cropped white hair yeah you had a different hairstyle then (laughs) 
Well, no, see what you've got. A re- I had in that last series, series 12. Oh, what color did I have in series 12? So was it dark? Yeah. No, was it black? Yeah, was yeah, year, it was, yeah. There was one year where I had sort of a brownie color hair. Uh-huh. That might have been series 11. I had a brownie color hair, but my hair was blonde, like a real white blonde. Right. Yeah. But they thought I looked too old. So they used to. <laughs> So you talk about the makeup girls. I used to drive them mad. I had to go in half hour earlier, makeup call, to have my hair sprayed brown. Wow. That wasn't natural, that brown, yeah. <laughs> right. whatever it was, when it was that shitty brown colour. That was spray. That yeah. was colour wow. spray. Yeah. Okay. So um, you were also on that Bring Back Range Hill with Justin Lee Collins. Oh, shit, yeah. As well. Oh, my God. Neil. I've got to tell you, that was super fun, super scary. Um, we did the bring back and we all got together and we all had, um, I, I won't say for everyone else, I'll say for me, I had a lot of drinks at the time <laughs> and it all got filmed, okay. I'm a nightmare at the best of times. When I've got a few drinks inside me, I am even worse, so it got filmed, had a horrendous hangover the next day. I can say this now because I don't drink now. I've, I'm in that high and mighty role now. <laughs> I don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> so I can say it now. Um, I gave up alcohol a couple of years ago, which, boop, boop, two years. Um, <laughs> so I was absolutely hammered and performing and being a proper dick. It was filmed everything. And you, you sign a disclaimer uh-huh. to say that they can show whatever they want to show. So I think we filmed it in January. Right. And I don't think it got shown until the April. Between January and April, I don't think I slept one wink of sleep, Neil, because I was so worried about what they were going to show. At the time, I was working with young people Uh around sexual health and alcohol and drugs. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I was performing. It was honestly, I didn't sleep. And I thought, and I got a really tiny glimpse. I thought, imagine, you know, we're just too bit, you know, child actors doing this uh-huh. how the hell do these hollywood stars deal with this pressure of yeah. anything they do is scrutinized and i just got a tiny wee peek and thought oh yeah. i'm so glad because it was horrendous yeah it, you know just even us as like child actors doing that it was an awful thing i didn't sleep literally <laughs> i didn't sleep for like from january until april till it came. and then when it came out me and lisa york was on the phone to it together going oh oh oh, oh it's not too bad it's not too, and we talked ourselves through the whole i think it was on for an hour I lost her. because I lost we were so worried about yeah. what was coming because i think lisa york got as hammered as me right. and we were so worried about what was going to come out that we were like talking ourselves through it and being with one and breathing through it as it was yeah. on the telly that was when i was still lived in the uk obviously right the, the bit i remember most was when you walked in and you looked at everyone and go you don't know who i am do you <laughs> <laughs> and of course they did because i've got a gob and a half as soon as i open this they go yeah we know who you are mate <laughs> oh brilliant so did you make a conscious decision to move away from acting is that what it was it was really weird so i was doing these um bit parts and you know I'd wanted to be an actor as I said to you uh-huh. all my life I started off I wanted to be this famous like not so much famous but I wanted to be a, a, a jobbing actor uh-huh. that's what I wanted to do um, and then I was doing these bit parts as I said I was grieving and, and not going through I was pushing the self-destruct button and not doing it very healthily um, and then I was getting these bit parts but I was 
wasn't enough to earn a living from. So I was doing other jobs to, you know, working in bars and, um, you know, restaurants just to keep it going until my big break, yeah. you know. And then I sat down one day and I went, hey, you might have had your big break. That might have been your big break. Right, and you. you might not ever get another one. What are you going to do? You're just going to bum around waiting for this big break. or? And I sort of, it was like, I went, do I want to do this anymore? Do I want to, you know, you, you spend your time going up to London doing those auditions that no, next, nice. you know, do I want this? Am I, do I still want to flog this dead horse basically? Uh-huh. And I sort of went, actually, no, I don't. And it was like, as soon as I did that, Neil, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. It's like, yeah. I don't have to do it. Even though it's been a dream from the day dot to do this, it's okay for my dream to change. Yeah. And, and my dream changed. And um, it was like a big weight lifted off. And, you know, I still dabble now and again and go back to it. I think it's always there. Yeah. But it's not a, I've got to do it anymore. Yeah. It's not like, you know, I've got to be an actor. You know, it's just like, if it happens, it happens. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more into the writing side of things now. I'm right, my, okay. my theatre company, which I could tell you a bit more about if we've got time. I think yeah, I've yeah. so much time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's fine. Yeah. So, so what do you do now then? Okay. Right. So I told you I was busy. I used to always be busy. So I'm busy now. So I'm self-employed, but um, I work one. So one of the jobs I do is I work for our local mayor of our district. Right. Um. So um. Because you don't live in the get- UK anymore, do you? No. No. Sorry, I live in New Zealand now. Right. Um. I'm a Kiwi now. <laughs> um. And so, yeah, I work for our local mayor. They've got a, so, you know, like a deck, uh-huh. you know, a summer deck. It's not, a, it, it's a dick over here. <laughs> right, okay. So you go and have a dick party or you go and sit on someone's dick over here <laughs> right. to have a barbecue. Anyway, um, but I love them. I love Kiwis. <laughs> I love it over here. And honestly, I look out of my window now and I go, oh, I pinch myself. I'm, like, I'm so right. lucky to live, especially what we, what's going on with COVID. Yeah. Um, we're pretty pretty safe over here because we're like in the back house of nowhere. Um, but anyway, so I, I work for our local mayor. I'm self-employed. And one of the jobs I do is um, supporting over here. The mayors are really prevalent in, in their districts, especially our mayor. Our mayor is the bomb. Brian Cadogan, boom, boom. He's amazing. He really cares about his district. He cares about especially young people and them having an upward trajectory in life. So I support with that, getting people into work. Right and supporting them where they're in work and supporting them for apprenticeships. So that's what I do. But my other job is um, I teach, I have a drama group in um, prison. So I run a drama group in prison. um, And I also run a drama group in the community that my group is made up of people that have been involved in the justice system in one way, shape or form or another. So it could be people on parole, people that are doing community sentences, people that have done a sentence years ago and sort of out of it now but want to do something uh-huh. creative so um and that's the 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 theatre company so that's what I'm sort of focusing on this year so we we put on um we're doing something for our Dunedin Fringe um festival right. so you've got the edit with this is sort of similar yeah. to that but on a bit of a smaller scale um and we use um a technique called forum theatre so it's interactive theatre right. um the, we collaborate on writing the play so the guys it's their stories and uh-huh. we present um so i write the play from their stories all right okay. and then um we present this piece of drama to an audience um where the main character comes up against a number of obstacles or challenges and perhaps doesn't make the best choice and it ends uh-huh. up going horribly wrong. So it's like a quite pretty go, oh, sh- 
pretty sort of severe ending. Anyway, yeah. so then I give the audience some time to think about, have a chat amongst themselves and think about how that main character could have done things differently. Uh-huh. And then we present the piece of drama again with the intention of doing it exactly the same way as the first time. But during the second performance, audience members shout out freeze and come up on stage and swap places with the main character only wow. and try and offer a, a different solution. Yeah. And, you know, it is so powerful. It is so powerful to see us because, you know, there's two things that happen. The the guys that have been involved, um, you know, have been committing crimes and also yeah. you know, got sentences um, sort of see the audience offering a solution that they might not have ever thought uh-huh. of because they've come from a different life. They perhaps yeah. have been nurtured, you know, and they go, oh. And then from the um, the audience perspective, they see these guys as normal people and actually yeah. let's embrace them a bit more and they might not, you know, commit so many yeah. crimes. So you know, building empathy. The more that we can build yeah. empathy in people, the, the less chance people are going to want to commit crimes against against each other. So yeah. Um, that's the aim of the the theatre company, um, and so we're focusing on that a lot this year. So I mean, that um, must be really rewarding, though. As well. Oh, do you know what the group? You know, they're, they're amazing. That you know, they're real natural talent, and to see them um, grow, um, not just within their um, skills as actors, uh-huh. but within themselves and their belief in themselves, and actually, you know, what you know, I. As I said to you, I went a bit off the rails after I lost my mum. I went a bit off the uh-huh. rails, but I'd, I'd had a good foundation. You know, my mum had nurtured me and I'd, I'd had a really solid, supportive foundation. So even though I went off the rails, I had a reference point to be able to come back on yeah. track again. Um, sadly, for some of the guys that, you know, are in the drama group, you know, they haven't got that reference point. Uh-huh. So they go off the rails. And they've got no reference point to come back to. So what yeah. we hope with the theatre company is that that gives them the reference point that actually you are valued, you do have skills, you know, we we care about you as, as a, a human being and what you can bring, you know, yeah. not condoning what they've done in the past, not condoning saying that's okay, but saying we don't, um, that doesn't make you, you know, you're not, yeah. that yeah. isn't you. You, you're more than that and you yeah. can be more than that. So um, it's it's a, a real, um, I love that. That's that's yeah. what I love doing. And that's Brilliant. what I want for this to happen. So is for the theatre company to, to grow even more and get arms and legs and take this out to, yeah. you know, take interactive theatre, take foreign theatre to the masses because it yeah. is so powerful and I've got a real passion for it. So anybody wants to look it up, happyyou.co.nz got a website so please look us up sorry might as well get a bit of yeah definitely definitely (laughs) definitely no that that, that's cool um so do you still keep in touch with uh, anyone from the cast obviously you mentioned them will be on the phone to lisa york (laughs) yeah so um oh yes the last time i was over um in oh i don't know but we we had a wee meet up so so fleur who played Imelda, Uh it was really lovely because when I moved over to New Zealand, I spent my last day with her. We went on um, a, she treated me to a spa day and we had, you know, so I spent my last day with her and she dropped me off at the airport. Um, 
when I was saying goodbye to the UK and then yeah. six years later when we back went came back over on holiday Fleur was the one to pick me and my husband up from the airport so that wow. was really sort of quite poignant so yeah I'm really close to Fleur and funny enough even though I didn't work with her at the time Alison Bettles so nice. um so who played Faye Lucas I'm really uh-huh. close with Alison um she was really um supportive when I lost my mum because um, nice. we did a pantomime together. So I finished Brain Shield and we did pantomime that, that first year in two, oh, right. uh, um, 1988. We did a pantomime together. I think it was Aladdin. And um, and she's from near me as well. She's uh-huh. an Essex girl. Go with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm in touch with Alison. George um, Diggy, um, I keep in touch with him quite regularly too. We're good mates. Yeah. Another reason why I gave up um, drinking was because yeah. of George, because the last time I was over, we all got hammered and George doesn't drink. Yeah. And I read his book. And in the book, it says um, that he felt he enjoyed seeing us all together, but he felt started to feel a bit out of it the more that we all started getting drunk. And I'm like, oh, my God, I missed an opportunity to really, you know, because I was getting, and I'm like, yeah. so that's another reason I wanted to go back. Right. Um, when I was coming back in 2020, being, you know, <laughs> have not drinking so that was another reason I gave up drinking but yeah I keep you know I'm I love them all um so I'll I'll keep it's not that I'm but they're the ones that I keep in touch with regularly right um and Lisa um but others it's just like hey how you you know it's it's uh still keep and John Drummond um John Holmes um but yeah still really good friends with everyone Um, yeah yeah, um, yeah, it was just a huge part of our lives. Yeah, you know, we that was our formative years. You know, we grew up in uh-huh. that environment, and it was, you know, it was a what an amazing opportunity for yeah. you know kids of fourteen to be involved in this ground. You know, this this show that was like an institution, isn't it? Yeah, it's just Definitely. amazing. So, feel very Definitely. proud. Cool, right? Yeah. I've got a few, just a, a, a few more questions before we finish. So, other than Helen Kelly. Who was your favourite character on the show? Oh, there's so many. But I think because it was one of the, it was Trisha Yates. Right. Because yeah. that was the first sort of girl yeah. on TV that you thought was like you. Yeah. You know, that you identified with because yeah. that was, you know, watch Grange Hill. And, and and this girl came out and she was quite sort of bullshit. And I think Trisha Yates, if, you know, I couldn't have played it as well as her, but, you know, that would be a character that, you know, that I identified with because yeah. that was, you know, when Grange Hill first came yeah, out. I, I, don't, I don't think Trisha Yates would have uh, suited the perm, to be honest. Uh, no, no, she couldn't have, I don't think Helen Kelly rocked the perm either. I don't think anyone could have rocked that bloody perm. It was a shit perm. So... Would you have liked to have played Trisha or was there anyone else that you would have, any other character you would have liked to have played in Grange Hill? Do you know what? I mean, I'd, I'd have played Trisha. That would be the only one. I think right. I loved I loved Helen. Yeah. I loved Helen. She was just an amazing, I wish I could play her now, knowing <laughs> yeah. what I know about life, you know? Right. But yes, I, she's a she was a cracking character. Yeah. She really was. Yeah. I loved her. Cool. Yeah. So then... My last question then, why do you think there's still disaffection for Grangeil? Because it was it was it was a program for us. Yeah. It was a program that we could all identify. There'd been nothing like that before. Uh-huh. It was groundbreaking. It's an institution. It was the first thing that we had that was completely for us that perhaps our parents wouldn't understand. Uh-huh. Only we would understand yeah. because 
we're there living yeah. that life and um yeah I think we could just all identify with it there was always someone that you knew oh he's like that always yeah. like a always a bit of a gripper yeah you know always a tucker you know there was always something you could identify there was always someone in your school that you could say always oh, a bit like da, da, da. she's yeah. a bit like um it was just for us it was a program for kids although I don't still liked it but yeah. you felt it was a program that was made just for us and that's really special as you're growing up you know uh-huh. you know you've got something that is yours yeah you know and um and I think it's that it, you know it's it stands the test of the time because of its groundbreaking stuff and uh-huh. because of them the memories that you know people have about it and the fondness for the different characters and yeah. and how you know and it's it's a respected show isn't it it's yeah. respected because of you know what it did and what it wanted to do yeah. and it it was about you know sort of seeing kids but it was about being genuine about what's going on yeah. in, in life you know what's going on currently it was current I think yeah. that's the word I'm looking for current I might as well just shut up and just say current <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, no, that, 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 that's great. Listen, Ruth, this, uh, I haven't stopped smiling the whole time <laughs> this interview's been going on. Thank you so much. Oh, Neil, on. it's an absolute pleasure. You know, I'm smiling as well, and I've got tears in my eyes. I'm, I, I'm a bit of a wreck at the moment. Aren't I? <laughs> you know, I'm, I get really emotional. At, you know, I really, um, it was such a good part of my life and yeah. such a big part of my life, especially what I was going through, and I just, you know, I've got affection for everyone that I work with there for the whole thing. And and I love an affection for you, Neil, that, yeah. that you're doing this oh, and affection for you. the people that, you know, are going to take the time to listen to this that still, you know, are impacted by, you know, the Grange Hill. And yeah, yeah and thank you. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been, it's Thursday morning over here. I better go and do some work soon, eh? <laughs> Mayor might sack me. Um, but yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you once again so much for coming on and, and, and sharing your stories with us. It's been fantastic. And for those of you that are listening, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Thank you. Bye.